Good morning. Uh, let us pray. Dear God, we, or you, would always look at what we feel. You always ask and check and balance and solve as to what challenges we have in life. You have always looked at our and give solutions, Lord, to to our failures. And yet we never, never, or sometimes do ask, how do you feel? Lord, today we would like to discover that. And Lord, may you open our hearts and our mind. And I may, that I may be able also to share uh, what was put in my heart. convey your message to us. We would like also to include our, in our prayer for today, in our thoughts, for those children who are now uh, in a cave. People are trying to get them out, Lord. Please protect them. The cave in Thailand, Lord, that's it, been flooded and they're trying to get them out. And may you give the knowledge and the wisdom, Lord, as to how the people helping and volunteering, and as much as we would like to say that one has already been uh, been taken away because of the flood, one of the volunteers, we pray, still, Lord, for them to be safe and be able to come out and be back to their families. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I would like to uh, again read um, the, the last verse that we read this morning. Um, it's in 1 John 4, uh, 12. It says, No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and His love is made complete in us. A pastor asked me uh, the week before, uh, what will be your, your message or what will you share? And I said, it's about expressions. Uh, it's kind of a, a, con- a not conventional topic or conventional title. What is expression? And, and basically, if we define it, Expression is the process of making known one's thoughts or feelings. The look on someone's face that conveys a particular emotion. Every day we do this in our lives. With our emotions, we express our thoughts, what's in our hearts, and what is in our mind. Whether we're happy, sad, um, you know, anything. Emotions basically is a natural instinctive state of mind 
deriving from one's circumstances, mood, or relationship with others. So if you have partners in life, if you're not happy with them, it will show. If you're happy with them, you bring flowers, you bring roses, it will show. Or, gift, or gifts. You cook for them well. If not, you don't cook for them. <laughs> and therefore, it will show. These are our emotions. These are our expressions. Usually when a woman is not happy, the expression is to go to, do, to, to cut their hair or color their hair or do a manicure or pedicure. They do something for their lives. And that's their expression. That's how they feel. Now my question to you is, who has cell phones here? Almost everybody has cell phones. And how do we express our emotions in a cell phone? If we are happy, we send this, emojis. If we're happy, we're blushing, we send those. If we're sad, well, this is blushing too. That's where it's sad. If we are in love, this is what we send. If we are angry, this is what we send. These are emojis, these are emotions. If we are sick, if we are shocked, If we are surprised, if we cannot control our laughter, we always say this, or an LOL, I would say. Or a smile again, but wanted, to de- but wanted for them to know that we have braces. <laughs> or if we want to send the person a kiss. Actually, these are emojis, as we call them, are far better than just a complete text. Am I right? Because you know at least what the other person is feeling. But still no words. Just a cling, and that's it. This is how I feel. It seems to be very effective in some way, But we do not hear the words anymore unlike before. When you personally call the person. No personal touch. I heard one time from some uh, people conversation that you can now break up somebody via texting. This is a very quick one. As you can see, first they fall in love and then soon enough and then at the, end of the, at the end of the text, you're breaking up with me and the end is yes. Very quick. No more personal relationship. No more conversation whatsoever. It's just breaking up. I mean, I don't mind having a text with smiles and pictures of, of good ones because I could feel... But 
breaking up somebody or hurting somebody, let's make it personal at least. The Bible, as we can see, is actually a, um, if we think, okay, that texting is new, we're wrong. God actually was the origin of texting. And this is true, the written word of God, that is the Bible. He texted us a complete instruction for us to be protected and for us to be saved. It's a complete text. God texted us way back on His promises, His covenant, His salvation, His judgment, and basically the Bible as defined here, it's the Holy Writ Writings or sayings of unchanged, unchallenged authority, holy, authorized texts from God Himself. I mean, if we, if we think that it's an old thing, it's not. We are just reinventing the wheel. God already has that for us. Now, people ask sometimes, does God have emotions? What do you think? Does God have emotions? Yes. Our Creator has emotions. We can name actually numerous uh, numerous passages of Scripture that speak of God's emotions. One is love. In Jeremiah 3.13, the Lord appeared to us in the past sayings, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with loving kindness. Does he have joy? Oh, yes. I'm taking all Old Testaments because, I mean, we are very sure in the New Testament you can find all the the, um, uh, the feelings of, of, of God through Christ. But in the Old Testament, in Zephaniah 3.17, The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with His love. He will rejoice over you with singing. God sings too. And I'm pretty sure He's got a good voice. Does he hate? Oh yes, he does hate. Proverbs 6, 19, okay, there are 16 to 19 actually, there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable or abominable. A haughty eyes or a proud look? A lying tongue, hand that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes.
feet that that's quick to rush into evil. A false witness who pours out lies. And the number seven written that he is really detestable about it, really hates, and it's an abomination even to some uh, definitions or some translations, is a man who steers up dissension among brothers. That's why in our scripture earlier we have brothers love one another because he hates the act of man who steers up dissension among brothers. Anger. Psalm 711. God is righteous judge, a God who expresses his wrath every day. I had to add Romans 118 here because it really says it well. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. That is what God, God's anger is. Does God laugh? Oh yes, He laughs. Proverbs 26. I in turn will laugh at your disaster. I will mock when calamity overtakes you. Wait a minute. He's laughing at our disasters? It's like, why? Now, now before we, um, we, we really complain about that, let us read verses 23. Okay, I'll read it to you. Uh, 23 to 25. Uh, that was verse 26. In 23... He says here, If you had responded to my rebuke, I would have poured out my heart to you and made my thoughts known to you. 24. But since you rejected me when I called and no one gave heed when I stretched out my hand, since you ignored my advice and would not accept my rebuke, then, he says, I in turn will laugh at your disaster. I will mock when calamity overtakes you. Most of the time we don't listen to God and therefore we go to the circumstances or the what we, we call the after effect. We have been rejecting God, rejecting His warnings and offer, and offer for safety. At the end, we go back to Him and ask for forgiveness at the end, he will just laugh at us and say, I told you so. The Bible is already, has already written all those warnings and it's up to us to accept. But we reject it. Jealousy. Exodus 34, I think we know this very well. Do not worship any other God for the, for the Lord whose name is Jealous. Is a jealous God. I was even stunned by the words itself here. Whose name is jealous. He is a jealous God. But does he grieve? Yes. The Lord was grieved that he made man on earth. 
and his heart was filled with pain. Why? The verse before number 6, it says, The Lord saw how great man's wickedness on the earth and had become, and that every, every, every inclination of the thoughts of his heart was evil all the time. He was grieving for that. And I remembered, I don't know, I think you remember when Jesus Christ was about to go to Jerusalem, um, and people were saying, Hosanna, in the highest, and with, you know, with, uh, riding a colt. And he's he, coming in. He was actually grieving. And he was so sad of the need of the people in Jerusalem. That's how and who God is. He grieves for our sins. He grieves for our failure. He grieves whenever we fail Him. He grieves whenever we misunderstand His thoughts. But at the very end, he has compassion. Presently, I'm pretty sure God has so much compassion with all those 12 kids stuck under a, in, in a cave. And he would, he, he would really try to advise the people and give them the knowledge and the wisdom on how they will take them out. But it's up to those people as well to trust and have and pray to God on how they will take these kids out. In Judges 2.18, Whenever the Lord raised up a judge and saved them out of the hands of their enemies, as long as the judge lived, for the Lord had compassion on them as they groaned under those who oppressed and afflicted them. If we are on track with God and we do our best to be on track with God, His compassion will always be there for us. But if we deliberately do not listen and start always rejecting His instructions, then definitely He will give us some Sort of a, not really like a, people say, oh, it's a punishment. It's not. It's just for us to be awake and come back again on the right track. Nevertheless, are God's emotions the same kind of emotions we humans, humans exhibit? Is it right to think of Him as emotional? Does He have mood swings? Uh, in a theological circle, personhood, the word personhood actually is often defined as the state of being an individual with intellect, emotion, and will. Therefore, God is a person. In that, He is a personal God with a mind, emotions, and a will of His own. To deny God's emotions is to deny that He possesses personality. I'll repeat that. To deny God's emotions is to deny that He possesses personality. God has always been very good to us. Um, he has 
looked us, at us and saved us. He found ways up to, as to reestablishing covenants left and right. And at, at the very end, His own Son was sent to firm up that covenant. He, found, he, he, he finds ways for us to be, you know, in, in, uh, to be uh, supplemented with everything that we need. And yet we forget to ask how He feels. Humans respond to things in this world physically, of course. But we also respond spiritually. Our souls react, and this is what we call emotion. The fact of human emotion is one proof that God has emotions as well. For He created us in His image. Genesis 1.27 Another proof is incarnation. As the Son of God in this world, um, Jesus was not an emotionless android. He felt what we feel, weeping with those who wept in John 11.35, feeling compassion for the multitudes, in Mark 6.34, and being overcome with sorrow in Matthew 26.38. Through it all, he revealed the Father to us. John 14.9. All these scriptures are pointing that God has emotions through the personhood of Jesus Christ because of incarnation. Jesus is the complete expression of God's emotion to us. I'll repeat that. Jesus is the complete expression of God's emotions to us. Though God is transcendent, transcendent supreme, superior, excellent, we have come to know Him as a personal living God who engages intimately with His creation. He loves us in ways we cannot fathom. And He is immeasurably pained by our sin and rebellion against Him, as we read in some of the scriptures. We recognize that the demonstration of emotions does not alter immutability or permanence of God's will or His promises. In other words, God does not change. He has no mood swings. God's feelings and actions toward His creation, His judgment, and His forgiveness, His justice and grace are all consistent with who He is. And you can read that in James 1.17. God's responses to good and evil come from His same absolute will. God wills to judge and punish the sinner in order to bring about justice and correspondingly to bring the sinner to repentance because He desires that all men be saved. Timothy 2.4 
That's why we have those feelings from Him or emotions from Him because He wants us all to be saved. As much as we, he, he wants to and He tries to and reaches out on a daily basis, still people are rejecting Him. We've come to know and relate to God as a feeling person. One who loves and hates, grieves and laughs, feels anger and compassion. He loves the righteous and hates the wicked. Now, this is not to say that our emotions and those of God are exactly the same. We sometimes speak of our emotions clouding our judgment because our sinful nature has corrupted our emotions. Uh, I got one time a text, a really hateful text, and I didn't know why. Something just popped up. So I tried my best to reestablish about that text that I received. And to no avail, it was not resolved. So it's, it's not easy. You get a text that you, you know the person, but you don't know why the text came about. You tried to reach out, no response, and it's blocked. And that's it. No phone calls, nothing, no conversation. It's very hard because you don't know. God's emotions are all in the scripture. It's in the form of a text. But if you read the scripture, every time you read a scripture, you will find his emotions so amazingly that the Holy Spirit will show you what are his emotions. But God has no sin, and his emotions are incorruptible. For example, there is a vast difference between human anger and divine anger. Man's anger is unstable, hot-blooded, personal, and too often out of control. God's anger is rooted in divine justice. God's anger is perfectly righteous and predictable, never capricious or malicious. In his anger, he never sins. All of God's emotions are rooted in his holy nature and are always expressed sinlessly. God's compassion, sorrow, and joy are all perfect expressions of the perfect being. Jesus' anger at the synagogue I think we know about this in, in, in the synagogue leaders in Mark. And his love for a rich young ruler in Mark were perfectly motivated responses of his divine nature. If you compare the, the four Gospels, I would like for you to know how Jesus, and from Jesus you will see God, how he... Um, what he called this, he would touch the leper, he would fall down on his knees, read, read the Gospel of Mark. 
you will see how Christ is in action. In the four Gospels, Mark explains and demonstrates how he is so sensitive that he would, you will see his hands on into the ministry. God's ways have been recorded for us in terms that we cannot understand and relate to. God's wrath and anger against sin are real. And His compassion for sinners is steadfast and genuine. His works reveal His mercy and an ending grace. But most of all, His love for His children is endless and unshakable. God not only has thoughts and plans, He has feelings and desires too. In contrast to the unreliability and instability of man's sin-tainted emotions, God's emotions are as completely dependable and immutable as He is. There are two wonderful things concerning God and emotions. One, He understands our emotions since He created us with the capacity to feel them. Don't forget that. The first one is, He understands our emotions since He is the one who created us with the capacity to feel them. And the second one is, His own emotions continually flow from His perfection. God will never have a bad day. He will never change his feelings toward, toward his redeemed. Unlike in the human sense, when we are in a bad day, we don't care who's in front of us. We just become angry with no reason at all. Uh, I, I do that sometimes. Uh, the past week and a half until now, I, I have this continuous migraine pain and it's not helping me much it's not helping because you know you come home and and then you see the children and then you blurt out because of that continuous pain it's not fair for them that's who we are that's our weaknesses and therefore but in God's condition his own emotions continually flow from his perfection and again, God will never have a bad day. He will never change his feelings toward his redeemed. Now, I will show you four pictures of which, of which we, will, we would like to know. The emotions of God at that point in time. The birth of Christ. What do you think is God's emotions at that time? At the center of the good news of Jesus Christ, or I mean his birth, his cross, and his resurrection, Jesus' birth represents God's expression of his love joy, and compassion. Every Christmas time, 
you know, children are so happy. Commercially, because they will get gifts. But in a real Christian faith, we should be happy and rejoicing. Whether it's December 25, the exact date or not, we need to celebrate Christ's birth because it is how it feels and it is God's expression of His love, promise, joy, and compassion. We need to remember His birth date or birth in, in a sense of how we should look at it. He was actually recognized by the wise men by the wise men and all the regular ordinary people and even the animals have come, come to, to visit our Lord as a baby. The walking. I see this picture as God's expression of sorrow. Every time a Roman soldier would beat him up, do you think God is not grieving at that point in time? Every beat that he, he gets or every slash is basically an equivalent to our sin being put on his back. And that is an expression of his grief, compassion, but at the same time, judgment on his own. The cross is where we see in perfect harmony the love and justice of God. Jesus takes into himself the consequences of our, of our sins. He takes into himself the judgment that he has rendered sin and death that are not accepted in God's perfect world. Jesus takes this judgment and its consequences into himself, and because his love is stronger than sin and death, he leaves the power of sin and death in the grave and is raised to a new life. Because of this work, he offers us the gift of being remade into a kind, two new kinds of human, all as a free gift of grace. The empty cross, the empty tomb, what does it represent with God? I was thinking so much why, you know, what this is, and so I asked my wife, and he kind of pitched in. She kind of pitched in. The empty tomb represents joy over grief and victory over death. That is God's expression of the empty tomb and the, and the empty cross. God's judgment is a beautiful thing, honestly. It's an invitation to trust an invitation to life as it was really meant to be. The God of biblical revelation is no impersonal absolute. 
the living God is the God of love and grace. But what do such terms mean? It is in Scripture that big terms such as love and grace are embodied in the stories as well as in direct affirmations. In particular, it is Jesus Christ and His story that provides the lens through which to view what the biblical ideas are all about. And this is also a picture of who God is and His emotions. So did God text you today? Yes. Please do read His texts. Imagine the things that God has texted you today. Look at the scriptures. What is the message for us today? Is he grieving because of our relationship with him? Is he in compassion with us? Don't worry. He's always going to be in, going to be always, always be in compassion with his redeemed. In Timothy, because people are asking sometimes, as a conclusion that I would like to share, people ask, what the Bible is. Yeah, it is a text. It's part of the book. The most popular book actually in the world. But is it real? Is it really from God? It is from God. No matter if you have a, an iPhone or an Android, you can actually get the biblical scriptures from your... If you set it up, you can actually get it. And this morning, I got one. And it says, For the Father loveth the Son, and showeth him all things that himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than this, that you may marvel. John 5.20 You can set it up. And every day, there's a message for you. Use this for God to text you too. Not just the garbages of text that we get every day. The Bible in 2 Timothy, to prove that this is a real word, word and inspired, says all scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And lastly, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. May God bless you. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Amen.